Welcome to Outside Inside Radio, which is brought to you by Prison Arts Collective. Prison Arts Collective is founded on the belief that art is a human right and is dedicated to bringing the transformative power of the arts to people experiencing incarceration. Our collaborative teaching teams include faculty, students, and staff, and our classes include making art, art history, reflection, and the cultivation of a safe space. We're based in the School of Art and Design at San Diego State University and have additional chapters at three CSU campuses. Prison Arts Collective is a project of California Transformative Arts, an initiative of the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Outside Inside Productions are a way to communicate with our participants and with the wider public through video and other media as an extension of our distance learning project created in response to COVID-19. Welcome everyone, this is Ella Turen and I'm one of your co-hosts of Outside Inside Radio. And I'm Kathy Foley-Meyer, the other co-host. And we're here today with Milagro Jones, who is an artist and an activist and is doing his thing in the music industry. Welcome, Milagro. We're so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about your art. You're an MC. Would you say you're, you're MC, a hip hop artist? I know that different people have different ways of categorizing it, but could you like describe your art form and talk about like how you got into that form of art? Yeah. Um, so I could just consider myself a rapper. Like, um, so like I know a lot of rappers call themselves MCs, but I feel like to me personally, I don't feel like that's a good title for me because, like, I, I, I was born and raised in homelessness. I came up from the streets and I really came for nothing. And, like, the culture that I'm from is really just being in the streets. So I feel like when they, when we say rapper, they try to, like, flip that around and put that as, like, a negative. And they, they want to put labels on us, like, oh, the MC is the positive way to say it. It's like, it's like if I say my dreads is dreads. And then somebody try to school me and say, no, nah, you got to call them locks to, you know, be conscious about it or whatever. It's like, no, nah, this is this. This is what I, I'm, a, I'm a rapper. Like we used to rap everywhere we go. This is something we would do before there was any like potential for it. It being something like looked at as a career or anything. We just did it because that's a part of our culture and what we do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a rapper. I love it. And I really appreciate you like owning exactly what you want to be mm -hmm. called um, as an artist. So thank you for that. Um, so how did you get into it? This is something that you learned from the streets, but was there like a specific person or was it just from listening to music and, you know, like what are some of your influences? Yeah, so I've, I've always been rapping like my whole life as long as I can remember. But as far as influences of like actually turning that into writing and like going to recording stuff, that was my older brother. He's two years older than me. And he taught me like what bars is and how to counter bars, and how to just, you know, go from freestyling to writing down like a song and how to format it with your verses and how to make it sound like something you might hear when you listen to an artist that you actually like. So what was, if, if you're able to reveal it, what is the secret sauce to being able to freestyle? Because it, this is a skill that I think is, I have such admiration for folks who could just like spit off the top of the dome. I can't do it. But I wonder, like, what your thought process is like when you're trying to freestyle something or even when you're writing a piece. Like, what is your artistic process like? Uh, the freestyling aspect, it just came natural. Like, if you raised in, like, a, a two-parent home or whatever, 
you really probably have it easier, probably have it good, whatever. But if you're in the streets, people going to come at you all the time. So if you're going to hold your own, you're going to have to be quick and be able to respond. And if you can't, you're just going to get walked all over. So freestyling to me is natural. It's just like learning how to fight. It's something that we always did. Like somebody would come to you, they'll spit some, some bars at you, you'll spit some back, and it'll go back and forth unless somebody really better and they get over on them and they quit. So that's what it was. It was competition. And then it became more creative of like, it's actually an art when other people kind of tell you it's an art and like tell you to actually be more artistic. I like the way you describe it as a kind of um, like a challenge in a way between people. And I was wondering, um, is there a particular event or something that happened that started the whole process for you? Or is, is it just something you've developed over the years? My whole life, I've been moving around a lot. The longest I ever lived at one spot was less than two years. So I've been moving my whole life constantly, nonstop. Mm -hmm. And to me, that felt like a long time to be somewhere for like a year and eight months. To me, it was like, I felt terrible at that point. Like I've been stuck for a whole year and eight months. Like I'm ready to get up and move somewhere else. It's time to go. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like the walls was closing in on me. So for me, like the creative part of it, like what really, what really sparked me is like when you constantly moving, you seeing different cultures nonstop. So I got around certain cultures that look at it in different aspects. And so that's like a creative spark for me is just being around different cultures who look at music differently. I've had people that's from, they're black, but they're immigrants, right? And they've told me hip hop started in the Caribbean. This is the real foundation of it. And try to hit me up with that. And then I had old heads that's generations going back through the United States tell me like, nah, that's not true. You can look at like Pygmy, Markham, Meet the Judge, quartets and things from from back in the day and it's like hip-hop really is our thing and then like then you can have people that you know is in the industry and they like have done all that and they'll tell you like they created hip-hop because they curated stuff and all this stuff so it's like whoever you talk to had their own feeling of where it is or what it is or what it's supposed to be all about and when you keep moving around and moving around you be in different circles and for me that's what sparked me to like take it different routes because i've done a lot of different things with it so it's like it's different routes you can go with it that gives you such a huge perspective. Yeah, I went to school for music and I've like worked with students and youth and all that stuff to try to make it something positive that they can do in the hood instead of like getting into trouble and everything. But for me, it's just like stay open minded. That's the biggest thing about perspective. Be open minded. Don't get caught up in one person's definition of what something is. And like, don't let somebody basically put their label or their definition on you or what it is that you do. Just be yourself and define yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like mobility for you is a really defining factor in your life. Yeah, um, definitely. So what has your art taught you about yourself, like as an artist? Because you're also kind of an activist as well. Yeah. So um, initially my raps was like foul, you know what I'm saying? Like they was just kill them, shoot them up. They was just disrespectful to women to the like worst degree. It was like the the worst, most shocking thing you could say when you battle somebody is what's going was gonna to get you what you need in that moment. So initially, my music was like, I, f I feel like as far as having an influence on another person, it was completely negative. And it, it, it wasn't even like a lot of people try to say, well, no, this is just an honest depiction of where I come from. So, you know, you can't really, it, I got it's an excuse for what I do or say. But at the same time, it's like, that's never really true because that's not an honest depiction of where you come from. Because you could, I don't care where you at, you can 
I've been in some of the worst places. You can look at the grandmas, the moms, all the people that held it down, the people that's really in the caretake positions, the people that's working behind the scenes doing stuff. It's never just that, you know what I'm saying? So with my music, step by step, I had to clean it up. So like I would say the first thing was when it go from just off the top of the head to writing it down is how I even noticed that about it. And then once I really kind of noticed that about it, it, it really at first didn't phase me, but then from recording it, and, and playing it back and maturing over time. It's like, I would listen to stuff from before. Like, yo, that's terrible. I can't believe I said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I feel like the biggest thing I learned from my like art and my music is like resilience and also like change over time, maturity and growth. Because what you start out as is not what you're going to metamorphosize into eventually down the line. So like, I understand a lot of people's opinions about rap music, but it's still growing, it's still evolving. And I think it's proven itself to be a global phenomenon to the point where a lot of people that don't know anything about America will tell you they picked up English from rap music. So to me, it's like we should always be striving to be better. And that's what activism really is. It's about getting better at something. If, if your community has a school that's underperforming, you just want the school to perform better. If you're in a community where the, you know, the police uh, force or the firefighters or the paramedics or whatever are not responding to your needs or are even like criminalizing you or attacking you or hurting you, you want it to get better. That To me, that's what activism is. It's just improving things around you. So the same with anyone's art or music, you want to always be improving and getting better, whether that's your message, whether that's your style and technique whether that's the um, equipment that you have access to or whatever to be doing your thing, you just want to be getting better with it. So that's definitely one of the things that I love about listening to your music, even is that you do have a message. You're bringing to light what it's like to be a person who's houseless. Can you talk a little bit about why that was something that you wanted to highlight? Um, yeah, like I said, I was born and raised in homelessness. I've been in and out of homelessness my whole life. Like every system uh that supposedly helped me has like put me right back into homelessness so that's just something that i've known my entire life and i just took it for granted like that that was my experience i never really thought much about it but i did a program called public allies which is an americorps program and i ended up getting housed through that program for a longer period of time than i usually am and that gave me more time to think about stuff and then i ended up like meeting people in city government that I worked with at the time and then meeting people in like the federal government with like um, the United States Interagency Council on Homelessness and the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and like the heads of nonprofits like the National Alliance to End Homelessness and all these different groups. And I started really thinking about like, you know, why why it's happening and doing research and stuff and talking to the, the people that been active in the fight for uh, affordable housing for a very long time and what their opinions are. And it just it just really made me like think about the issue as more than just my experience, but more of like what's going on in the world, what's going on in this country. And it's just interesting that like if you really start looking at a lot of it, it's 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 a lot of times where it's just blamed on an individual. Like that's what I've noticed. I feel like the worst thing that people that are experiencing homelessness or have experienced homelessness kind of try to like go up against is when you have like that conservative Republican mentality, like pull yourself up from your own bootstraps and, and you shouldn't depend on no one, just do it yourself. But I don't I don't personally have a problem with that because like I'm an able-bodied young man. I feel like I'm going to do things myself regardless. Like that is my mentality. Like that is what a hustler mentality is. Like it's just a little different because I don't feel like a white man feel in this country. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's, it's certain things I'm going to finesse that you're not going to finesse. And it's certain things that you take 
for granted that is protective of you that is more you know targeting against me so i don't really feel the exact same way that they feel i can't agree with them 100 percent, but i don't take offense to it i just feel like for the ones that's like my mom you know physically disabled with mental illness she never was able to escape out of that situation i don't feel like someone could point the finger at someone like that and say Oh, you just need to pull yourself up from your own bootstraps and you don't need no help for no one and da da Because a lot of people, they do need some help and they can't just pull themselves up from their own bootstraps. People don't take into account like a lot of the oppressions in, in, in life and a lot of the, you know, privileges that they have in life when they want to point the finger at somebody else. They can speak on someone else, but they never been through what that person been through. I speak about it to kind of try to be more revealing of what it really is. What you're pointing to is you might have some booze, but no straps. It's like, what are you supposed to do with that? Right? So there's all these other layers. And I think that's what's powerful about your music is just revealing, like, like you said, what's really real about the situation in ways that people haven't been able to notice before. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I try to do. Just illuminate. Yeah. I kept going back to that visual you have, um, it's in your video. It's the, it's like a sign in Skid Row that says it has like the population too many. And one of the things that struck me about your video is that a lot of times when I see videos that are about the homeless problem, it feels a little exploitative, but you actually kind of just get in there with the humanity and it just um, comes across really strongly. For me, the activism and the music go hand in hand because, you know, one thing you're doing might end up helping another thing that you're doing when you don't even see it coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's that. It's definitely that integrated life of an artist that comes across really strong in your work. I was going to say, like, but you've also taken your activism off the page, off off of the music channel and you you're doing activist things as well for instance you were elected to the neighborhood council and um can you talk a little bit about what that was like have you been able to accomplish the things that you wanted to accomplish by being on the council so me being number one in poverty another one i'm a black man in america i only got seen as a child i would say the first few years of my life like when i was 11 years old the police when they would stop me they would arrest me. Like, I got arrested at 11 for playing in the park with my friend. We was two black kids playing in the park with a bunch of white kids playing in the park. And they said, y'all trespassing. Why they wasn't trespassing? We in the same park. We doing the same thing as them. Why we had to go home in cuffs? Because we was already seen as a threat by 11 years old. But I remember being, like, five and police knocking at the door for, like, uh, domestic violence things. And they would give you, like, something and pat you on the head and stuff like that. So it's, like, clearly... They only see you as a kid when you're like five, six, seven years old, maybe not even eight. But when you're 11 already, you you a threat to them. Yeah, you 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 something to them. So for me, it's like I've always had the thing of like it's low expectations what society gave me. So in school, in the streets, everything, they always put it something on me like a title of like, uh, you know, we're going to have you as a peer mediator, a peer navigator. We're going to have you on our honor roll. We're going to have you on like all these little extra things all those really are saying is like we don't expect knowing where you from to even live or succeed so if you do anything it's just like when, when people say like wow i can't believe you're so articulate stuff like that like it's just like they're saying wow i can't believe that you can do the basic things that i know i can do and i know my family could do i know my kids could do but wow you can do it i'm surprised like so I never take any of it like as I've ever been an activist or I've ever been anything. Like, I take it as I've just been living life, like trying to survive, 
in the communities I've been in, I always try to like give back or do what I could do, be thankful for what I what I receive and try to give back and live my life. And like stuff like neighborhood council or things like that, it's just that's just natural to me. It's like where you at, you're gonna try to do positive. Some people look at, you know, groups when you got a group of young black men come together, they say we a gang. They all and they and they and they label it all oh, y'all not political, y'all just criminal. But you can have this same other group and they're a council. It's kind of like a veil over everything that's going on. And the reality is not what people see because they see things through a filter that doesn't show a lot of people's reality. A lot of street gangs I've been around, they just as much a government group or a council or anything else just as legitimate as another group. And I'm sure it's a lot of organizations that have been labeled terrorist organizations and, and extremist groups and stuff. And they probably aren't even that. They probably just fighting against some type of oppression or some type of negativity that's going on in their lives and trying to stay alive or trying to, you know, keep their family good. So to me, the neighborhood council thing was just like a natural thing. It's like I live I, I live in a city now that has neighborhood councils. You know, the city I moved from didn't have it. Most cities don't have it. They're not operating in like a way that's really, you know, what they say they're about. So why don't I join and try to see, you know, what I can do? And from my personal experience, being in a neighborhood council, I was in one before. I'm in one now in a different neighborhood. You know, it's it's something positive to do. But at the same time, it's like they really are. They must really feel threatened by the neighborhood councils because they constantly cut the funding. Just in the time I've been I've been in it, they've constantly cut the funding. You know, they wouldn't even give Skid Row a neighborhood council, no matter how hard they fought for one. So what, what's been folks' reaction to your music, especially that your music has a message the communities that you're from, the folks from Skid Row. I mean, I could understand the, the hesitancy of folks not wanting to be seen in that way because a lot of people do, you know, treat it as something exploitative or, or want to be voyeuristic about it. But what I've come to learn is that Skid Row, and I think a lot of people don't know, is that Skid Row is a real community. I mean, people live there. They know each other. They consider themselves a community. So with you and your music, and the different communities that you've been a part of, like how has the reaction been to the work that you're doing? So I'm a single dad. Like I have, I have a little girl right now. I get a pass since I had heard like the random violence I've experienced in life or just like the little things went down all the way. Like, like situations, even with police and other groups, like they didn't go as hard as they did before. Like they still done messed up stuff, but they didn't go as hard as they did before when they see me with her. So I feel like me having her, I, I feel like I, I've gotten a pass to where, you know, I've been able to do a lot of things and people have responded more well to what I'm doing as far as before I had her, when it was when I, when it was just me doing the same exact thing, like I wasn't doing nothing different. It's like every time I'm trying to share my voice or say my little piece, they trying to shut it down and, you know, come at me crazy. So I feel like I, I, I do feel like I have a privilege that I know a lot of other young black men don't have walking around, which is that the target on my back, I feel, isn't as bad as it used to be but then that's not always true like i had a i had a ls lasd deputy you know he really tried to do me wrong and he couldn't and he tried to say like oh well you just try to use the fact that you have a kid to make yourself look better and stuff and i'm like what do you mean i'm just raising my kid i'm just minding my business raising my kid you mad because you can't do something to me and you feel like i'm more protected than i would have been otherwise right now the response is like mostly positive but it's still negative from a lot of institutions like when i dropped my most recent video my twitter account was taken away the same day like that video was taken down because i feel like they felt threatened and they so i feel like yeah the reaction is mostly positive from like people on the streets and like people like I'm in school. So people in the, in the school system and stuff, but then like certain 
people that do have a certain amount of power, they really don't like to hear nothing I have to say. They don't like me being in a room with them. That just comes with with my life, I guess. It comes with the territory, yeah. right? Yeah. So you you mentioned you're in school, so you're you you're in a great position where you get to study art now. So what's that been like for you? That's something that I've always had. Like that, no one could take that from me. Like when I was homeless and poor growing up and stuff like that, I I already stumbled across like uh, I, I self taught a lot of stuff to myself, and I stumbled across being young. Like the opinion I noticed when I was really young is like uh, people that's poor, your parents don't read to you. You you you're not literate. And like they'd be so surprised that you can you have a high reading level and stuff like that. And they will always have these little anecdotes and little facts and things that, you know, social workers, all these people I'll come across and they would never be true. I'm always like, that's not even close to true. Like if you be in the hood, you will see a lot of parents who read to their kids and get off working two jobs and everything who doing all the same stuff you thinking that they don't do. And you will see a lot of kids in the hood that can't read, that can hear a song once and had a whole song memorized. So just because they they can't read don't mean they're not just as smart, if not smarter than you. So to me, it was always like I never I never felt like I didn't have access to my own education because I could teach myself. I can go to the library and get books for free, which I've been doing my whole life. And then even like when I when I when I did time, I always spent time when I was locked up in in juvenile facilities or, or jail, county jails or prisons and reading. Like I invest a lot of time in reading and I always stay positive to the point where like even when I was in, in prison, you know, I organized a, a talent show and had an open mic for prisoners that never they told me the entire time it's people that have been in there years. Like as long as I've been alive, they said there ain't never been no talent show here. Ain't never been no open mic. We never had people rapping in in the prison and you know everybody loved it. And like we we did a lot of positive stuff. So I feel like no matter where I go, whether it's skid row, whether it's in in the joint, whether it's anywhere on the streets or in a nice house in a nice neighborhood i'm gonna be always be going to different spots and meeting different people and i'm gonna always be positive and i'm gonna always probably know just as much if not more than the so-called experts on a lot of subjects so i'm always gonna get them a different perspective like so it's the same with school when i'm in school you know i'm right now i'm really disgusted by the higher education system you know you don't have one i can look at all the ucs right now every english program you don't have one african classics uh list on there it ain't no class i mean it's 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 literally a class of every single place in the world's classes it ain't no african classics and that, and that ain't to say they don't exist that's just to say oh y'all never read son giada or that's just to say y'all y'all don't really care about y'all do care about y'all just threatened by and know the history of that y'all really don't want to see africa highlighted y'all don't want to see all these nations from over there spoken about in a positive light and so for me school just been like it's to me so far it's been like a non-stop constant battle of me going up against all this anti-blackness all this racism i've been exposing them non-stop they don't like it but they can't stop me you know what i'm saying and for that reason i feel like i got a lot of student support i got a lot of professor support a lot of faculty and staff that know what was going on but they don't feel like me a lot of them feel like i gotta be quiet or i just gotta you know put my head down and do what i gotta do i never felt like that my whole life when i was a kid my nickname was Motormouth. Like, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. i always been about speaking the truth regardless, unless you're trying to write fiction or unless you're trying to tell stories or entertain through, like, making up stuff. You should speak the truth regardless. So I never feel like I got to back down for nobody or or I got to sugarcoat nothing for nobody. They know what's going on. I know what's going on. And I'm going to just keep telling it like it is. 
I hear that. So um, would you be willing to like share a couple of bars with us of something either that you've been working on or just like something off the cuff, whatever you're comfortable with? Yeah. I, so like when people ask me to rap, this song, I, I wrote it a long time ago, but it's just my favorite thing to spit for like whenever I, I get a chance to spit. So I said, Africa's a tragedy. It's sad to see my people suffering daily. It's crazy. But then I guess it had to be. They heard about a paradise the Europeans had to see. Had them enslaved, colonized, and become the majesty. Genocides of famines, machetes, pistols, and cannons. Age increased the death into the last man standing. The mother were all life on this miserable planet. The first civilizations made the white man panic. To discover that the mother of the earth was black. It's hard to believe. It's even harder to see the facts. Why? Because they covered up the truth with lies. Africa, the place that black youth... It's our culture and our history, a mystery to me. How we traded for the slaves, it's in liberty we see. Money with white faces, that's what I'm inheriting. You wonder why I'm ashamed to call us African-American. Even the light-skinned people, it's in my veins too. I feel the pain and the anger and the shame too. If it was the 30s or 40s, they'd probably hang you. But since you were a citizen, now they want to claim you. Judge you in their courtrooms, teach you their textbooks. Brown pride and black pride of me, that's the best look. Afro puffs and medallion chains. You get buck trying to hold on to black stallion reins. I play the djembe drums for my elders and never forget growing up in the holy shelters. New York City, y'all five boroughs I slept in. The blood, sweat, tears of this nation, that's what I stepped in. And I'm going to slip too. But gave my grip and my grasp and not to trick you and not to lie either. Because all the days as a kid when I had a high fever, it was my mom, a white skin that nursed me six months in the womb of a white woman that birthed me. I'm not afraid of my race, it's only earthly. I'm a half-breed, it's okay, it doesn't hurt me. Spiritually, we're all the same, because we're children of the Most High. So I'm going to spread my wings now inside outside radio, and I'm going to let the Holy Ghost fly. You dig? Hey, yes! That was awesome. <laughs> that was dope. You, ha- you packed so much in there. <laughs> I... Yeah, we've been around the world and back on that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, we're coming close to our time, but we always like to ask folks to like share some thoughts with people, especially folks who are inside, who are artists. Um, what inspiration do you have for them, like folks who want to get um, into the music business or they want to continue to write? rap rhyme um what advice or inspiration would you have to share with them yeah like if so if you in the inside i would say try to get a hold of anything by henry lewis gates apaya jr um that's some like the most enlightening stuff that you could read while you're doing time it'll help you to learn about your history your culture love yourself more and then want to do something positive when you get out also i would say just you know Think about the stories of people like Freeway Ricky Ross and others who have been inside and they came out and did something positive. Even Malcolm X did time, you know what I'm saying? They even locked up MLK, you know what I'm saying? So to me, I would say just stay positive, keep your head up, stay creating something and just come out and do better. Excellent, excellent advice. Thank you so much, Milagro. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Wish you the best of luck and we know that you will keep doing your music and keep fighting for the people at the same time. Yeah, you're giving um, a voice to people that aren't heard and you're making people that aren't normally seen be seen. And that's no small thing. So keep on, keep it on. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us here at Outside Inside Radio and listening to this episode. We appreciate your support and you can find out more about us at www.prisonartscollective.com. Until the next time.